Welcome back in. It's the one o'clock hour. It's the Bill Michaels show. I'm Ben Kenny. That is Grant Bills. To those listening on the FM dial, we're dealing with it. Some technical stuff. Uh, Grant, did you go to the Brewers game with Dave from Monona? Well, Dave got me the tickets in like May. Oh, but he, he, did this video you send me, is that you two at the game together? Yeah. So we met him in the parking lot. He was having a tailgate with some family members. And then we sat pretty close to him. He club level seats, Ooh. really nice seats. And he was like four rows above us because he was up along the railing, like this really nice handicap accessible like yeah. platform. Um, So he was up there with, was it his nephew, son-in-law? I met, I met a couple of his family members right at once. Not good with names or, you know, anything. So I guess in a sense, we went with him. We didn't drive together. We didn't sit together, but we interacted a couple of times. And he met my girlfriend, which is funny because I got a, I got a tweet from one of my listeners who said, Dave said he stole your girl from you at the <laughs> Brewers game. So did, he, did he call the morning show and say that? I guess. All right. <laughs> That's good. Did you hear him? Like whenever anything was happening, just, just blabbering about counsel or whoever? No, I, I kind of wish it. That would have been funny. No, uh, talked to him a little bit before the game and then uh, in between innings. And that was it. He, he left a little early, wanted to beat the traffic. Smart man. Gotcha. Uh, at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter, 877-867-1670. Also, if you want to get a hold of the show, Steve Kurds, good Twitter name, tweets at me. He asked, did the couple on the plane ask the person behind you if they would move? If not, that really, uh, they really did not want to, I, I don't know what the sentence says, but they didn't want to sit next to each other. No, they only asked me because it was a three-person row. It was uh, well, the mother and the son. They did not ask the two people in the row behind to do the switch the other way. Uh, so I uh, I don't know. It was it is, uh, it is less of a task for one person to move it is. than two. But they could have at least asked. I did not lose one ounce of sleep. I did not spend more than <laughs> one minute thinking about it. Uh once it actually happened. 877-867-1670. Let's go to line one. You're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? What up, fellas? Mitch and Madison. What's up, Mitch? Mitch. Hey, uh, so sports first, Aaron Rodgers rules. But more pressing is the... Uh, did you listen to the podcast? Situation. Yes, I did. I did. So I got through about the first two-ish hours. Once they started talking about the UFC, I kind of lost interest. I'm not the biggest UFC fan. And then that kind of persisted throughout the rest of the episode. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there were some lulls, but the overarching themes were were very entertaining. Yeah. Um, but hey, I'm dude, I'm with you a million percent. You are not an a hole for declining to move your seat. I appreciate you that. Paid, you paid for a specific seat. Like I, 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 one caveat, and I don't know if you touched on this, is I probably would have explain to them why you were declining it just to defuse the situation a little bit oh i did oh you okay so you did well then screw that lady yeah plan better plan plan better this is america we do what we do uh you know if you wanted to order those seats order those seats if not kick rocks yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, I kind of was an idiot for getting in the 20 something row when I had to get out quick for the next flight but I don't know it all worked out. She one, just one could say that if you were in a rush, you should have booked a seat closer to the front. But 
I will not say that. That's but what, one could. No, she did say that. And I said, I, I don't know. I put my headphones back in. This was Saturday, uh, last Saturday. So no Rogers podcast to listen to. I, I was in the middle of something. I was like, really, you know, uh, I, I was interested in. And I, I just did not want to be interrupted. And they, they did as much as they could to try to ruin my trip. And I would not allow that. Uh, I appreciate the phone call, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, Grant, you wanted to speak on the podcast. We'll we'll hit that in a second. Real quick. Line two, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Uh, I believe it's Marcus. Marcus. Can you hear me? Yeah, what's going on, Marcus? What's on your mind? Nothing. I just wanted to comment on I don't feel bad at all for you not giving up your seat. <laughs> Thank just, you. This is I'm what I needed. Hey, during the morning show, I caught more slack than you could ever imagine just for telling the story from, from my point of view and how even at the end of the day, many people were saying, oh, you were going and skipping people when you walked off the plane. None of that happened. We just, uh, business as usual, uh, it is good to have at least some support at this hour of the day. Right. Ah. Uh... Not to go at Grant Bills. I really do like him. I like his show and everything. You know, I just don't agree. I'm from the Midwest too, man. I, but I don't, I don't give up my seat just because I'm from the Midwest. Like I just feel like you should have just ordered your tickets like together yeah. and get the same seats. That's like trying to go to a movie theater. You know what I'm saying? And you don't have any more seats. What are you gonna do? Either find two different spots to sit to enjoy the movie, or you know what I mean? You can go a different time, or you know what I mean? But I don't. I wouldn't have given up my seat either, man. I just wanted to call and comment on that. I do want to say, uh, did you guys watch the Jets' uh, last preseason game the other day? What was that, yesterday maybe? No, but I saw a brief video of Joe Flacco throwing a hilarious interception. Oh, I hope it's the right game because I don't know if I saw that part. Maybe I was doing something else, but I just want to say that backup quarterback, I don't know if he's going to make the team for the Jets. I forgot what his name is. I just know he looks like a tight end to me, like he's, Looks like a tight end back there at a QB, but he played pretty good. I wonder if he'll ever find a home. Maybe the Packers could always trade and trade Jordan Love for him. For oh, Mike else. White? I don't know why. I'm is that what his name is? I believe so. I think we saw him last year. He had that one great game and then got hurt, if I remember correctly. Uh, oh, yeah. Big guy, big arm. Best quarterback in the draft, he asked him. Marcus, are you not sold on Jordan Love after what you saw? I'm not sold on our on the Packers at all. Like it's not even just Jordan Love. I mean, it, he doesn't look bad, you know. But in my eyes, if they're not going to pay that third string QB, what's the point of even taking Jordan Love out? Just let him play the whole game. First off, you know, and in, in my eyes, just let him let him play the whole game. Don't take him out. Yeah, he's going to make his mistakes, but you can't learn from your mistakes. I'm not sold on our offense. I'm not sold on our wide receivers. I call in and tell every post you from Grant Bill, uh, Grant Bills to yeah. Bill Michaels in the morning, and then Dan Casper, and I tell them all, I'm like, I'm just like, I'm not sold on our offensive when it comes to the receivers. I'm not sold on our line, but who, you know what I mean? We can't, we're not going to know until we actually watch them this season, so. Right, and I mean, I I think the start of the season will be a little rocky because there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of stuff they have to figure out. So I I don't think your thoughts are going to be corrected by good play for at least a couple weeks there. But I, I'm with you on the line. I don't know. When when I look at the offense and I think about a, a Matt LaFleur and Rodgers offense that has a great running game, I, I tend to side yeah. more towards they're going to figure it out. But I, I'm not completely yeah, sold by any means. They'll figure it out. I think that over the last few seasons, 
that metaphor is probably the best thing that has happened to that team. Honestly, when it comes to somebody being over there, I do like Matt LaFleur's play style. I think he's a great coach, and I'm not just saying that. He set a record already, you know, with the two seasons, with his first two seasons of being with us, going 16-6 and six over the first two seasons, and then last season, another 13-3, and three, which would have made that what? Not 16-6, and 26-6, and six, and then last season it was 33-9. and nine. I feel like he's doing real well. It's Matt LaFleur being over there is really nice, so... I don't know, man. I just wanted to call and tell you guys I don't feel like I, I feel like you were wrong for giving up your seat. I wouldn't have gave up my seat. That's just like somebody in traffic. I drive all day. Somebody in traffic, they're trying to sit in the middle of uh, a driveway. First off, it's like, what if uh, what if an ambulance has to come through where you're sitting at? You know what I'm saying? Why are you sitting right there? I just right. I feel like people should plan ahead before they do stuff. People that are speeding on the highway, it's like, you should have left yesterday then. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really need to get there that bad, if you really want those seats next to each other, you should plan ahead. Spot on. Spot on. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you guys have a good day. Uh, 877-867-1670. First off, the support. It means a lot. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Second off, the LaFleur thing real quick in terms of, he he is a terrific coach. He has proven that. The one thing he still has left, though, is he is not nearly as good. Like, remember that short week against Arizona last year where uh, Devontae oh, yes. was out and they had to scrap together a game plan quick and the offense looked awesome and they win the game on that Rasul Douglas pick. The one thing LaFleur has left to prove is when you get to the playoffs and you have a week to prepare for that game, you know, can he be great come playoff time when you have 13 days to prepare for a football game because that's been the one downside is obviously the playoff record. I think him and Rogers have had too much time to prepare. That's yeah. the issue. Maybe maybe don't tell them who the opponent is until Wednesday and, and force <laughs> them to come up with a game plan on a shorter timetable. I don't know. I I think it's a little bit of Rogers and LaFleur. I, I think a lot of their successes are paired together and I think a lot of their failures are paired together as well. Uh, you wanted to dish on the podcast a bit, the well, Rogers Rogan ordeal. Yeah, I, I wrote some things down while I was driving home yesterday. What was the caller that brought up how he really enjoyed the podcast? Because that's Mitch. what made me think of it. Who was that? Mitch and Madison. Mitch. Yeah, Mitch and Madison. So I I enjoyed the podcast. It had its highs and lows, but I enjoyed it. I uh, I learned some things that I didn't know for the first time. I thought Aaron Rodgers made a couple of points and they were unique points that I'd never heard anyone make before. Like what? So I wrote those points down. Well, mm. I have four of them. Uh, at one point, he made the astute observation, and I'd never looked at it this way, that uh, over the last 10 years or so, we have become more politically divided than ever before. And I never looked at it that way. Never heard anyone say that before. I, I was actually a brand new. Another, another observation is that uh, media today is all about clicks. Clickbait headlines. Oh, never you've never worked as a blogger. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. I oh. Mean, the, the, the bit is, ah. we've known these things to be true forever. I see. Uh, another, I point, see. <laughs> another point that he said, uh, politicians don't follow up on their campaign promises. Really? And, and I heard, yeah, and I heard that. I said, Rogers, you son of a, you son of a gun. Uh, and <laughs> the last point that I wrote down that Rogers, I think, is onto some groundbreaking stuff here, is that the two-party system is bad and has limitations. And I, I, I almost stopped my car and I, I pulled over to write that down. I, I was so floored. So those were some of the things that 
that I heard Roger say. To be to be fair, and I was going to tweet about this yesterday, but I knew it was going to happen. If I if I made fun of the podcast, the morning show was going to kill me, and then I would be doomed for the rest of the day because by the time my show started, all of the listeners would always be roused up. It was a fine podcast. I just they talked about some points. I'm like, you guys aren't being cutting edge here. We've known these things to be true. Um, so yeah, those are the things that I wrote down. Just a couple observations. I will say it was genuinely interesting to hear what the inside the building was like throughout the last couple of years in terms of the the COVID protocol. And yeah. I, I mean, it's very clear that as soon as the NFL got to the postseason, they stopped testing so that everybody could play. That was pretty clear. That oh, suddenly, oh yeah, suddenly no one's testing positive because they couldn't want to risk their stars not playing in the playoffs. NFL is driven by money. That is, uh, that might be another ground point breaking point that uh, Rogers brought up yeah. that the NFL is really driven by money. Uh, but yeah. it was a little interesting to hear the inside the building how all of that went down over the last couple of years. I so he was talking about how the different colored wristbands and. You know, all these all these different things that they forced upon individuals who didn't want to get vaccinated. And Rogers is like, it's like they wanted to shame us. And I'm sitting in my car saying, hello. Yes, it's exactly what they were trying to do. That doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. But it was like really clear. The NFL was extending privileges to those who got the shot. And, you know, like that's how the NFL, the NFL, this is how they operate. They brutally impose their will on whoever or whatever they need to to get their way because they know they're going to make more money because of it. And whoever's toes that they step on, they're just going to ignore because they're the NFL and they can do it. And that, that's just another example, right? The NFL does things, a lot of things that are unpopular because they know they're the NFL and they can, and they're going to make a bunch of money. So that was very on brand for the NFL. Whether you agree with it or not, that's kind of what I thought about that. But it was interesting to hear him describe what it's like inside the building. Um, I, I have one other big take from the podcast. Yeah, And this could be controversial when it comes to uh, the listeners of of all shows, especially in this state and elsewhere. Maybe even the ones that listen to this episode, Rogers and Rogan. Why are podcasts three hours long? (laughs) Like, come on. I get it. They were talking about the UFC for a while, but that could have been an hour and a half episode. A lot of it was Rogan. Something I noticed, a lot of it was, it was a very Rogan-driven podcast where Rogers would then chime in. So Rogan would make a point and Rogers would say something like, how do you think we changed that? It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> who's the, who's the guest here, right? Like I, I, I wish Rogan would have, but again, I don't listen to the pod normally. I don't know how it normally goes. I've heard a couple episodes of different guests, but it was very much Rogers, I think, playing to Rogan uh, and not the other way around. Um I, I just think this isn't an anti-Rogers thing. I'm, I'm not trying to be a Rogers hater. I listen to him on all these podcasts, and I listen to Aubrey Marcus one too. I just think Rogers, this man needs some hobbies. He he needs some things to do because I, when I listen to him describe and, and tell stories, it's like, man, you look at every tweet, you watch every TV show, you're like, you just consume all of this stuff, and I just I don't think it's good for him. I will say along those lines, my other takeaway uh, legitimate one is compared to where we were last year uh, or just in general over the last couple of years, he Mm -hmm. does seem to be in a great spot entering this season, which if I had to look at that interview from a football sense, the only thing I took away was 
this dude is just in a terrific mental state entering the season, which I guess generally means good things. Or maybe when he faces adversity is when he goes crazy, right? like on the field plays crazy yeah. well because they draft Jordan Love. He goes nuts, uh, you know, MVP. And then yeah. last year with all that was going on, the same thing, MVP. But he, he feels like he's in a great spot, which I think at first, because he's going to have to deal with a lot of crap this season. Receivers are going to run the wrong routes. Devontae's not there. There's going to be an adjustment period, at least on the field against other teams. I, I think the fact that he is in a good spot bodes well for the team. And that's my one football takeaway. I, I weirdly think he's in a mentally good spot when he's angry about things. Like yeah. he needs someone to go against. He needs an opponent other than just what's going on in the football field. And I, I don't blame him. Like we watched the last dance and I think we realized it with Michael Jordan. When you've been so good for that long and in the NFL, I I think it's harder to win championships. It's single elimination. You're not doing series. One player can't have as much of an effect on, on a game like you can in basketball. But I think Rodgers has won all these MVPs, won a Super Bowl, and he probably struggles motivating himself. I think he needs to create obstacles, right? Which Michael Jordan did too. I think that's what all the great ones do. So maybe Rodgers is better when he's upset about one thing or another. But, you know, he's talking about all the, the haters on social media and on TV and all these TV anchors and, He's talking about how when Biden was in Wisconsin and he was like, tell your quarterback to get vaccinated, which was just bizarre. Dude, <laughs> that was you gotta, weird. You got to tune some of this stuff out. That was weird. I agree. That was really you gotta weird. You got to tune some of this stuff out. It can't be good for you, but maybe he is just wired different and he actually thrives on this stuff. Yeah. 877-867-1670. Uh, a lot more to get to throughout the day. Um, I was going to, there was something else about, oh, you know who you just sounded like in that last uh two to three minute thought who's that you sounded like Devontae Adams we're comparing Rogers to Michael Jordan now Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer baby wasn't that a story last week I, I was on vacation so I missed whatever Devontae said but I saw some uh, ESPN related topics on it where it's uh, yeah. Devontae compares Sammy, Aaron to Michael and Sammy Watkins compared uh Rogers and Mahomes and said Rogers is on another level so oh. that spawned a whole nother level of that's debate. great I know their, their careers are very different. It's dude. It's exhausting. I am jealous. I went on a vacation like three weeks ago. The Rogers news cycle is making me feel like I need another one. Yeah. Well, college football is here. Uh, if, if you missed it earlier, we mentioned it. Wisconsin backup quarterback, Chase Wolf. He will likely miss this season. He is out indefinitely uh, with a knee injury. So Deacon Hill files in as the backup. Nebraska lost in hilarious fashion. Wisconsin, Illinois state on Saturday. We have a two deep depth chart. I don't want to go too nerdy into it. I, I don't think people, people that follow the Badgers, I don't know if they care as much who the backup nickel is. Obviously, compared to the Packers, you know, the following of the depth chart ins and outs and the roster and stuff is different. Um, but there are a couple depth chart takeaways. I'll get to them when we come back. Uh, and we'll look ahead. The Packers 53-man roster will be finalized tomorrow. We'll look at some moves that will be made maybe where we would go all coming up next couple segments left. He's grant bills. I'm Ben Kenny in for bill Michaels. Ready? This is the bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show. 
couple segments left until we're out of here, and Bill is back tomorrow. Coming up tomorrow on the program. Uh, I don't really know exactly, honestly. Uh, later in the week, actually, Grant, you mentioned earlier Mike Renner. He's going to join us later in the week. Todd Rosiak on Thursday to dish on, uh, give his take on the Brewers and where they stand. And then on Friday, Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune previews the Bears this season, uh, as well as Mike Clemens will join on Friday. Got Paul Charchian fantasy on Thursday. Uh, Tonight, the Brewers are back in action at home against the Pirates. Uh, 7-10 is the first pitch there. Corbin Burns, 9-6, 284 ERA on the bump, 190 strikeouts. Uh, Out of all of the Pirates hitters, not many have much success off Burns, as uh, not many people do. The Pirates starter is uh, to be announced. Another one of those series, Grant, it's like, can they just beat the crap out of a bad team and uh, gain ground on the Padres? I somehow make the race with the Cardinals closer, but can they gain ground on the Padres who are not playing good baseball and beat the bad teams for once? That's what I'm watching tonight. Can I galaxy brain the Brewers and what they're doing for a sec? Yeah. I think what they're doing, what I'd like to think they're doing, they're conceding the division to St. Louis. And they're conceding it by a wide margin because what they're going to do is they're going to let St. Louis run away with it, lulling them into a a malaise. So St. Louis is going to have a real calm week and a half going into the playoffs while the Brewers realize we're going to scrap and fight, squeak in. And if we see the Cardinals, the Cardinals are going to be fat and happy. They They haven't been playing meaningful baseball in a week and a half. Meanwhile, the Brewers have been playing playoff baseball for weeks. So maybe there is a silver lining if the Cardinals just run away and win the division and the Brewers make it in as a wild card, maybe that's a maybe that's actually a benefit. I don't believe what I'm saying, but maybe. <laughs> that is that is what the matchup would be, though. The last wild card and the Cardinals, if they win the division, yeah. the last division winner. Uh, I don't know if they're... Uh, the old thing is with those teams in the NBA that would tank. It's like they're so good at losing. Well, guess what? The teams that were tanking are also pretty damn bad at winning. So, yeah. If that were true, I would love it. It's one of those deals where I don't think they're good enough to to dictate. The no, they're, they're, not, they're not doing it on purpose. But if I was a Brewers fan trying to talk myself into a uh, successful September and any hope of doing anything in the playoffs, maybe that's what I would hold on to. Yeah. Good luck on that. The Packers 53 man roster tomorrow, three o'clock. It will be finalized. I, I've seen a lot of cuts around the NFL. Jack Cohn was cut earlier today. Tough day in the Kenny household. Uh, Ty Summers, still the only linebacker, Ty Summers, the only Packer that has been released so far. Saw news that Elton Jenkins returned to practice today after missing yesterday. Uh, The big focus on the roster and maybe where they go, you mentioned running back three. Grant, I, I do think they keep three running backs, whether it's Taylor or Goodson. I like Goodson a lot, but... Uh, whoever isn't kept, you would think, would go to the practice squad unless they're claimed. Uh, probably seven wide receivers, which sucks. It's, I, then it's Juwan Winfrey or Samori Torre at the back end. I love Torre. Uh, I did it in Nebraska too. last year. And then tight end. It sounds like Tyler Davis is going to make the roster despite the in-game struggles. Sounds like they're still high enough on him to keep him around. And then... Whether you keep nine or, or ten linemen, whether Rashid Walker 
Uh, the seventh round pick out of Penn State makes it after a good game against Kansas City. And then I, defensively, it, it's, it feels pretty straightforward, maybe with one or two being docked at offensive line or wide receiver. I don't know if much news will be made with the cuts. What say you? I mean, I don't, it's not like they're going to release someone shocking. Like over the years, I remember when Mike Daniels was cut, everyone was surprised. Um, I remember Josh Sitton. That was a little bit longer ago. I don't remember how many. Taysom Hill. Yeah, (laughs) Taysom Hill. I don't know if that was as shocking, but, you know, a cut that aged poorly. I don't know if there's someone on the bubble who I'm dying to have on the team. I think it's a solid reminder, as much as I like Samari Toure, that there is a Samari Toure on 80% of NFL rosters around the league, um, which I think is an important reminder. We're afraid to lose these guys. Every team has guys like this. I don't think there is a, a shocker. Like, they're not going to cut Bakhtiari for cap purposes. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think there is a potential for a surprise cut. Tyler Davis, I'm with you. I don't, I don't get the Tyler Davis hype. Remember, he had a really poor start to camp and some bad moments in a preseason game. And I was talking to a buddy a couple weeks ago. He's like, yeah, Tyler Davis has been really disappointing. I was like, oh, did you have expectations for Tyler Davis? He said, yeah. A lot of Packers fans did, apparently. They're like, it really hyped about Tyler Davis. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Well, in the building, they hyped him up. Okay. Or at least I, the I mean, writers sure. that were watching. I, I'm talking about last year more than anything. It said, like, this kid's yeah. athletic. Maybe he could do something. And his showing in the first two preseason games was very, very rough. I thought he played himself off the roster, but apparently not. I mean, w- one idea they could go to if you're looking for a story Let's say someone like Toure or or someone like Goodson, they want to protect someone enough so that they can ensure that maybe they put him on the practice squad or something. Like Jack Coco, the long snapper, has, I, he's looked okay. I, I can't give you a definitive, like he's a stud or anything. It just hasn't been bad. Maybe releasing him and signing another long snapper would then open the door to keeping around a young guy uh, for another week or two. But uh, I'm with you. Uh, the Tyler Davis thing I expected, I expected him to show more than he did, but that's because what he showed was not good. Uh, one bright spot on the roster, at least through preseason and uh, through the offseason was a question. Pat O'Donnell looks pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. I have to say boomers. that surprised me. For the last two years or so, I can't remember what the guy's name was two years ago that they had punting. J.K. Scott, Alabama legend. Well, yeah. There was a guy, was it Vogel, Justin Vogel, something like that. And then last year, who was the guy they had punting last year? Was Bohorquez. it Scott? No, Bohorquez. Bohorquez, yeah. The, the, the amazing thing is their punters actually haven't been too bad. They haven't been probably the best punter in the league, but they've had punters that are above average, pretty solid. And the unit around them has been so poor, it hasn't mattered. So like, yeah, Fat O'Donnell looks great, but I don't think their issue has been punter. I think it's been everyone else. I think part of it is the punter because Scott and Bohorquez both, while their ceilings were high and they could kick it far and all that, they yeah. did struggle at times with where you, you just need a high one that, that the horrible coverage unit can cover. They couldn't deliver on that. When it gets cold, uh, pinning a team back, that was a struggle at times. So a guy in O'Donnell that kicked in Chicago for a while and has experience with that, I I do think punter was a problem. I think the coverage unit was worse, but the punter did not help how bad the, the field position battle was. And speaking of punters, if you want to see an 
absolute clinic on punting, go rewatch the Northwestern punter. He was awesome. Very valuable. Uh, on the If you were to rank by value all of the positions on the Northwestern football team, is punter top 10? Hmm. Uh, I mean, Holinsky's one, the quarterback. Of course, quarterback, probably running back, maybe left tackle. No, left tackles too, but that's because they're left tackles, a future top 10 pick. Peter Skaronsky, yeah. Uh, yeah. like next level, good guy. Probably Evan Hull uh, and the running back room is three. And then uh, the inside linebacker, Gallagher, four. I, I would put punter around seven, seven or eight. Northwestern needs a good punter. Play a lot of field position at Ryan Field in Evanston. That's a very important role. Ideally, the Packers just don't punt a lot this year because I go for it on fourth downs when at all possible. Absolutely. But in the playoffs, when you're clinging to a lead and you need to execute, they just haven't been able to do it. Pat O'Donnell's a, he's a pro's pro, a punter's punter. So they just need to put a <laughs> need to put a unit around him that can just be okay because he's looked really good in preseason. I agree, but it's Cal- warm. College football Twitter got their jokes off because I that was the only Northwestern Nebraska game that all of the country has ever watched because it usually coincides with other better games. And since it was a standalone in Ireland, everybody watched it. And you know how SEC and Big 12 people joke about the Big Ten. Northwestern had a had a second and 10 at the Nebraska like 25 yard line in scoring. Maybe they were in the red zone and they ran for two yards so it's third and eight. And then they ran a, a power sweep to the short side of the field for negative three and then kicked a field goal, which is the the best defeatist, you know, Northwestern football that results in a very minuscule amount of points, but then somehow yeah. wins. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a clinic on how to let Nebraska beat themselves. Eight seven seven tweets, by the way, real quick about yeah. a, a toss play on third and ten. A lot of tweets like that. It's what they it's what they do in the Big Ten West. Sorry to cut you off. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line of oh, patience. Brutal. Patience, patience, patience. All right. On that note, we're going to step away, take a quick break. Couple segments left. More to come. Uh, we'll update you on Packers roster news if we get any. Uh, I'll give my thoughts on the Wisconsin depth chart coming up next. We'll do that. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Grant Bills. We're in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. I'm Ben Kenny. That is Grant Bills. It is the Bill Michael Show. So it's Wisconsin Badger game week. Got to wait one more week for Packers football. Illinois State on Saturday night. Don't expect it to be a very tightly contested contest. Illinois State is in the FCS. Wisconsin then looks forward to Washington State week two and New Mexico State week three. New Mexico State, I say this, uh, this is not an overreaction. They are genuinely the worst team in college football. Uh, in the FPS, at least. They are the 131st ranked team by many metrics. So uh, Washington State could be sneaky. They have an electric quarterback in Cameron Ward. Transfer from Incarnate Word. He is uh, he is dynamic. I just don't think the roster around him is there after all of the coaching turnover they've had to really give Wisconsin a run. Uh, I, was, I was looking at 
this when I was on vacation, Grant. Um, when when mm-hmm. Wisconsin has success, like when they bully the crap out of teams, they rarely lose. The games they lose are the ones where they are pushed around. They the stuff they do well, the other team does better. Think Michigan last year, right? Like these crazy passing shootouts, Wisconsin doesn't find themselves in because they're really good and making other teams play their game. Uh, uh-huh. So when Wisconsin, uh, I need to, oh, when Wisconsin faces Washington State, the average size of Washington State's front four, uh, a front four that has had a lot of turnover, 276 pounds. The average size of Wisconsin's starting offensive line, 315 pounds. That is an average of 50 pounds difference. What does that say to me? They're going to be able to push him around up front, which usually leads to a Wisconsin win. So don't fret until the Ohio state week comes. I don't think we're really sweating much, uh, but we got a depth chart today. Graham Mertz is the starting quarterback breaking news. We did it. I love how in the NFL, when there is a quarterback battle, the writers, every single time they talk to the coach, who's the starting quarterback, who's the starter. Are you going to name him the starter? When, in reality, like he is, they just haven't, you know, and the coach says, yeah, we want everyone to get reps. He's working with the ones now, but we're, we haven't decided yet whether it's for film reasons. I don't know, but Graham Mertz is the starter. Uh, not many surprises. Braylon Allen uh, starting running back. Chimray DK, Skyler Bell, the starting two receivers with Marcus Allen behind him. The one big note on the offense, Riley Mallman, redshirt freshman, 2021 commit four star is the projected starter right tackle ahead of Logan Brown, the five-star from a couple years ago that uh, has, has gone through a lot, uh, but all indication so far is that Mallman uh, has looked a little more impressive. And then on defense, I mean, not much to note. Uh, again, this might be nerd stuff, but Cedric Dort is the uh, the Kentucky transfer starting Nickelback instead of Justin Clark, a seventh-year player from Toledo, if you can Seven. believe that. Seven. He makes Perry Ellis look like a child. Dude uh, just loves college. Loves it. And that's really it. Jordan Turner, Muma Jung Meta, the starting inside linebackers. I don't really, like, when I look at, I don't really think we learn anything uh, this weekend. And I'll talk about this with Zach coming up tomorrow. Kenny and Howard now Tuesday and Thursday, 6 to 7 Tuesday, and live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie here near Madison on, on Thursday. I don't really think we learn anything when Wisconsin faces Illinois state, I think they get a lead. I think they don't show anything on tape and they just run over them, get out of there with a win, move on. Well, when you put it that way, let me set aside my entire Saturday night. I simply can't miss a moment of that. Hardly a ringing endorsement of this game, Ben, come on, sell me a little bit, some salesmanship on what I need to be paying attention to with this game. No, I can't. And until college, <laughs> okay. until college football goes and, and, uh, the Big Ten and the SEC separate from the NCAA. Like these buy games are so important to Illinois State. It's how they pay for everything. Like they get paid a couple million dollars to come get beat by fifty. Yep. Uh, and I like I can't look because last year they had really tough games at the start. What is good about this little runway is it's time for Mertz to get confident. It's time for them to try things on offense while not opening up the whole playbook to do it. Um, but I, I don't think we will come away kind of like the Packers preseason. Like we learn stuff about young guys, but we haven't learned anything about what Rogers will look like without Devonte. 
or, or what the offense will look like. We can project. I think it's the same deal where we come away from this game saying, okay, you know, Mallman looked good at right tackle and Skylar Bell looked good. The receiver room looked dynamic. Some young guys on defense showed out, but nothing is uh, nothing will be taken away moving forward saying, oh, you know what? The passing game is great. I think I want to make sure I have the name right. Linebacker that I keep reading about Jordan Turner. Yeah. uh, Zach's buddy, Jesse Temple, just hyping him up as a possible breakout star. Uh, Maybe that's a guy who I'll watch in these first couple of games. So I don't know much about him. I keep seeing his name pop up everywhere. Nick Herbig. I mean, the Badgers had great inside linebacker play for the last couple of years. Seemingly whoever they slide in there excels. So I'm going to, I'm going to flag that guy. And I'm going to watch him keep track. Yeah, That's Turner. On Saturday. Turner's a stud. I think the question is next to him, who steps up? Whether it's Jake Cheney, uh, Tate Grass, Muma Jongmeta. Turner played last year a bit in the uh, both in the Rutgers game and the Las Vegas Bowl, and showed flashes. I mean, he's fast. He's physical. He is what you expect from a Wisconsin inside linebacker. He's one of my favorite players, honestly, to watch on the defense. Um, I think the focus, if you want to sit on your couch and we'll have a week to talk about this leading up. If you want to sit on your couch and circle a couple guys to really keep an eye on uh, Turner could be one. The first for me is Daryl Peterson. When he comes in, he's going to be a backup outside linebacker, redshirt that, freshman. That, you, you know, I actually, I think I got those mixed up. I think that's who I was trying to say. <laughs> well, both my bad. Both, well, yes. well, they both played a bit last year. They're both young and they both, have been very impressive in camp. So Peterson, Jordan Turner, and then I want to see what the offensive line, given all the coaching changes and movement, Bostad back there, I want to see what it looks like. They're not going to be faced with a test, but it's the old eye. Like this is an eye test game. Mm -hmm. I want to come away and say, you know what? That wide receiving group looks dynamic. Were they covered much? No, but the eye test says they look good. You know, like I want them to look like Amari Rogers looked like against Kansas City on Thursday, as opposed to what he looked like last season, which is an eye test game. Oh, I can't quantify, you know, what I see or any of that stuff. We're not going to be faced with a real, you know, takeaways. This means this until Ohio State. Yeah, you say that and then they lose to BYU. But I I tend to agree inside linebacker that I will be uh, watching. You mentioned Tate Grass that that trips something in my brain. Uh, that's because he played at Holman and I watched a bunch of his games because I covered their games for years. So uh, I will try again to weasel my way onto one of your fine programs. Uh, Zach Heilpern, I was trying to get him on or try to get myself onto one of his podcasts for years to tell high school stories of Johnny Davis. Oh. If that didn't work, I doubt he wants me for Tatum grass content, but just know I'm here. Yeah, I like grass. He likely won't start, but when the backups come in, which I can guarantee they they will, yeah, could circle him. The BYU thing, I BYU won that game, and this is why I'm not concerned about these three games. They did. BYU won that contest because they beat Wisconsin up up front. Like they are a, a good football program, and, and definitely the size is impressive. And they were able to beat up Wisconsin in the trenches. It's it's hard to beat this Badger team if they dominate you at the line of scrimmage kind of goes without saying but those upsets that happen that's why or they just hand the ball off like they did to uh, Penn State last year 877-867-1670 we have a segment left we're going to step away I'm Ben Kenny that is Grant Bills and for Bill Michaels
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers holding the final two practices before the team needs to reduce the roster to 53 players by 3 p.m. tomorrow afternoon, Central Time. Matt LaFleur on the overall mood around the facility today. I think they understand what's at stake. Certainly, it's your least fun time of the year, anytime you have to make some of those decisions. But there's also a lot of opportunity because you're not talking about just the 53. You're talking about 16 practice squad players, too. So... You know, you don't have to make quite as much movement as you had to, you know, a few years back. Tight end Robert Tunyon coming back from that torn ACL, able to take some reps during team drills for the first time yesterday. And rookie wide receiver Christian Watson recovering from knee surgery in June, talking about having to spend most of his first NFL training camp on the sidelines. You know, I think I made a, you know, a good use of the time uh, that I was out with. You know, I, th- I feel like I took steps forward instead of taking steps back, not being out there. And I mean, I, you know, I, I have a pretty good grasp of the playbook. You know, I think. I've, I think I've you know been doing well. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a few things that you kind of you just got to learn on the fly, and you got you, you got to really be out there to uh, to do. Just because obviously, you know, there's a lot of different variables when you're out there. You know, you know, obviously, coverages, um, you know, the defense in general, and you know, obviously, you know, checks and, and you know, if Aaron wants to change the play. So I mean, just being out there is, is huge for me. You know, being on the same page with him and, and the rest of the wideouts. And veteran Randall Cobb says he knows he's not your top fantasy football pick, but 12 years in the league means something to the team and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it's all about, right? I mean everybody, that's all everybody ever pays attention to is the statistics. They don't really pay attention to the meaning that you could have in helping other people get open and all those kind of things. So that that's one statistic that shows uh, the trust that I've been able to build with him and his comfort uh, to come to me in critical situations. That's Randall Cobb in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show. A couple minutes before we get out of here. Bill back tomorrow. Grant, pleasure as always. It's been enjoyable. This was a it was an interesting return to civilization after after vacation. I didn't know I'd be what ripped. Did you, what did you do when you were there? I'm curious. Uh, a lot of things. So I have a lot of friends that live on that side of the world and in that state. So I, I played golf with some of my friends up there. Nice. Uh, hung out with my family a lot, really uh, traveled around the state, saw people, played golf, uh, and then a lot of nothing, um, you know, walking, hiking, golfing, all that stuff. Taking a pause. Yeah. Much needed pause. I love that. Plus, it's one of those places that it was like 75 and, you know, perfect humidity and just beautiful oh. out. So oh. it was good because, you know, I'm I'm inside a lot with this job. It was good to just... Spend all day outdoors and not care about the brewers for a yes. couple hours. Ben Kenny, you work so much. You're working nonstop. I'm glad that you were able to take a week and uh, recharge. And I know you're excited about the Badgers, and we got a lot of fun stuff coming up with Kenny and Heilprin and your guys' show on the zone. So I'm excited to have you back. I'm glad you were well-rested, and thank you. I hope you can make it down to Madison in the future for a uh, for a Friday runaround. Of course. If this studio treated you nice enough. All right. Bill Michaels is back tomorrow. I'm Ben. That's Grant. 
We'll talk to you again in the in the coming weeks, in the coming months. There are more of these dates circled in the future. But until tomorrow, see ya. Thank you. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.